I'm hearing Christian say, be ratchet, uh, be righteous. Cray had 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 kind of, I don't want to say this is like thing, but it's, you know, he's putting it on merch before. This is dangerous and problematic to have this big of a platform and you're glorifying being righteous and ratchet. That's when I chose to make a video to respond. I'm going to take the lingo mm-hmm. and, and, and try and Christianize it. I got goosebumps right now even talking about this, bro. Like, man, I'm just getting left blows and right blows you know what i mean to the chest to the face life was really just having having a time with me i don't think people understand but how much overlap there is between street and music industry stuff and he just went in his pocket real quick and just started thumbing through hundreds you know and was like here you go hmm. and the next day i put it out and within a week i was viral for the first time in my life bruce lawn oh boy ladies and gentlemen man we have someone that is a renaissance man of sorts. This brother is an entrepreneur, an artist, a thought leader, an author, mm. a professor. Mm. Mm-hmm. He teaches at Harvard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything that this gentleman does not do. I've known him casually for, for over a decade, and every time I see this dude, it's always amazing, positive, encouraging, love. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Without any further ado, we have D1. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. My guy. Bro, thank you so much for being here, man. Um, of course, people are going to want to uh, hear about the Lecrae and Righteous and Ratchet and that whole conversation, what led up to that and all that stuff. We're going to get into all that. But I uh, don't think people know your story mm. like because you're like an onion. You know, like there's so many layers to this story. Mm-hmm. And I first stumbled across you, as many people did, with the uh, 50 Wheezy Jay-Z, Jay-Z. record. Mm-hmm. That was, whew, what year was that? 2010. 2010. So we're talking 13 years in. Right. And and I knew then that you were a teacher. I had started hearing that you were a school teacher mm-hmm. in New Orleans. So it seemed like the things you were saying about Lil Wayne mm-hmm. weren't just he's catching strays like there was a a community connection and you were working with kids on the front lines Mm -hmm. in a lot of these communities um and since then it's been beautiful to see just your career uh blossom in the culture Mm -hmm. to see your faith Mm -hmm. blossom in amazing ways where you're extremely bold about jesus and Mm -hmm. unapologetic about that Mm -hmm. and man i just for folks who don't know the, the full story you've been at this a long time uh, give us just some of that, like your testimony, your story, because I think it's there's so many layers to it that I'm I'm extremely just excited to talk about. Absolutely, thank you for having me, brother. The the respect is mutual, and man, my story it does have multiple layers, and if I don't give enough context, people may not understand the why behind why I do what I do. Um, I didn't set out to be a rapper first Mm. you know I was rapping casually as a college student like a lot of people were you know I was an Mm ex-athlete uh ex-star athlete in high school then I get to college and I get cut from the team Mm. so now I'm having like an identity crisis which sport if you don't basketball 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 for sure and when I got to college uh four big things happened four big things happened over the span of 12 months uh my best friend got murdered Mm. back in New Orleans so that really stung my roommate began selling dope uh, when we got to college, and he was a dude I knew from high school, you know, mm. who was very well off, who was who who was only doing this to portray himself to be more gangster than what he was, you mm. know, because he wanted 
acceptance from that type of crowd mm -hmm. as a college student. So this happens, me and him fall out, we end up getting into it actually. And then we, you know, we, we parted ways. Uh, I got cut from LSU's basketball team, which is where I went to college. You know, tried out as a walk-on, got cut, uh, which was really shocking to me mm. because I just came off of averaging 20 points a game, being, you know, uh, Louisiana Junior Nationals, athlete, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. kind of medals and awards. And the fourth thing was my girlfriend at the time, who we had been together since like 10th grade in high school, uh, we went to the same college and she ended up cheating on me uh, with a football player when, when I first got to school, you know, freshman year. Mm. So so that was like that first feeling of heartbreak, mm. heartache. Mm. Um, so all these things happened and they each tore down some type of an idol that I had. Now, mm. I can say that in hindsight, but at the time I was just like, man, I'm just getting left blows and right blows, mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. I mean, to the chest, to mm -hmm. the face. And life was really just having having a time with me. But all of that stuff broke me down enough to where like I came running to to Jesus mm. at that point mm. in college. You okay, know? so this is freshman freshman. Yeah, that's year? freshman year. Freshman yeah, year. This, freshman. by the way, this sounds like uh power, like that last season of power <laughs> where he goes to college. Yeah. And all that stuff's happening to him. Bro. Like and your your buddy who was selling drugs and all that. Like it sounds like a straight movie, bro. All 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 this was happening, bro. So this over a course of twelve months and like I said, I, I ended up forming my relationship. Uh, I wasn't a person who didn't grow up around church, mm -hmm. but I grew up in New Orleans, Catholic. Okay. Yeah, so Catholic. So going to Sunday school mm -hmm. every Sunday, going to church every Sunday, but it was very much just uh, checking the box okay. off and, and you know, doing what was uh, customary uh, in terms of tradition-wise. Okay. So your, your family was Catholic? Yeah, my okay. whole family is gotcha. Catholic it's still, Catholic. you know. Yep. So, so for me... Uh, when all this happened, I realized that I had knowledge of who God was, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a relationship mm. with God at all. Mm. You know, so I, I I existed in that in that crevice and in that gap of like, dang, like I'm I'm right in the middle of knowing who God is, but not being able to say that I have any sort of ongoing relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So thankfully. I could have found a lot of stuff um, over the course of that 12 months. I could have found drugs mm. to cope. I could have found violence to get revenge. Mm. Um, I could have found, you know, like some of my friends did, just being a paper chaser by any means necessary mm -hmm. and, and looking to money to just cure all of my uh, woes. But uh, I found God mm. in a meaningful way, in mm. a way to where it was like, oh, now that I have found you, God, everything moving forward in my life, has to has to pass the God check first. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. is God cool with this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is and, and when I started rapping, is God gonna be cool with this? Yep. What what kind of rapping can I do that God would approve of? Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where the hip hop journey started. But uh rapping was just simply a hobby during college, mm -hmm. you know. Um another part of my story that most people don't know is um, there's a brother by the name of Jimmy Henchman. If if you're a mm -hmm. yeah, uh, so that's a big name in, in yeah in entertainment hi in hip hop. Yeah, yeah, he's currently doing I think life in prison. Um, he was you know he's had dealings with Tupac in the past. He's managed some of the biggest artists like Gucci Man, mm -hmm. The Game, mm -hmm. uh, Rick Ross, Brandy, just a whole roster of people. I interned under him in New York City when I was in college as wow. well. Okay. Yeah. So I met a lot of these artists. Okay. And 
interning that summer let me know that I never wanted to work in the music industry. Mm-hmm. I just saw too much. Mm. I was like, I, I don't want to work in the music industry. But if I ever do get into the game, mm-hmm. I want to be an artist, mm-hmm. only an artist. Mm-hmm. Because as an artist, I could have direct control over what I choose to say with my platform. Yeah, yeah. Right? I didn't want to do anything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, upon graduating, uh, I thought I was going to graduate college with a record deal because i met some people that summer during my internship who this is in new york city so they super connected mm-hmm. right so my senior year in college bro and i was you know i wasn't a great rapper back then you know i, I like to think that i'm great at this point i think i've been at it long enough that i i'm i'm great i i will say that i i truly feel like in a non-biased way i'm great because my intentions are pure and my focus is so direct on why I'm doing what I'm doing that like I know I'm not for everybody but in terms of who I'm for mm-hmm. I'm I'm great at doing that right cuz I know my my mission for why I'm in this game back then I wasn't great mm-hmm. but even though I wasn't great I was connected mm-hmm. so I had a cheat code so senior year in college I'm in English class you know I'm taking business classes about to get my business degree but I'm stepping outside of class bro no joke and I'm hopping on three-way calls with Kevin Lyles mm. and with a guy I met through Jimmy Henchman, mm-hmm. one of his partners, who was my manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And we on three-way calls, Leo Cohen, mm. you know, Kevin Lyles, people like this. Uh, I'm stepping out of class to take these calls. I'm on the verge of getting signed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that it's really just about who you know because mm-hmm. I have no buzz mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. as a rapper. But about what, what year was this? This is like, we talking like late 2000s. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got you. So... Um, with that being said, I was working an LSU women's basketball game one day and I got a call from my manager's brother at the time. And I was like, damn, what's, what, you know, what's he calling me for? It's not the manager, but it's his brother calling mm-hmm. me. So I took the call and, um, I was working, I had to work this game to get credit for this marketing class mm-hmm. in order to graduate. And I got a call saying that, uh, my manager it just got shot up, mm. up up in New York, got shot up. So um, so I was like, man, you serious? Like, is he going to live? And they were like, we don't know. You know, it's, it's a lot going on. Mm. So uh, some weeks passed, and turns out that he lived. But as soon as he got out the hospital from all these wounds that he had, they took him straight to jail. Mm. So I didn't ask any questions, but I could put two and two together and just realize, like, Oh, my man was like living a whole nother life outside mm-hmm. of just being my manager. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that messed my plan up to get signed and get my degree and yeah. walk across the stage with both in my hand, mm. you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So reality it's, hit me. It's crazy how much, I don't think people understand, but how much overlap there is between street and music industry stuff. You know, it, 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 and like it's kind of this thing that if you know anyone around or connected to the music industry, like you, you could kind of piece together. Oh, like that's how that got funded. That's how mm-hmm. this artist got their start. Mm-hmm. This, and and that line, especially back then, was way, uh, way less cut. Like mm-hmm. this is industry. This is streets. Mm-hmm. And so now it seems like you, because you could, someone could genuinely just blow up off TikTok. Right. right now, right. But back then, yeah, you had to know, especially in in the major cities, you had to know yeah. someone. And even to this day, like this, you go to L.A. If you're in that world, you got to check in with these people. Yep. You got to do this. You yep. got to do that. And that's that's kind of spooky when you really think about 
just legit killers and street dudes, bro. I'm pulling you, strings behind the scenes, bro. I'm gonna tell you this, Roos. I was connected with with the streets, and my heart was so pure that I didn't even realize it because when they came around me, they wasn't showing me that side of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, oh, when I see you, I know you as just the dude that makes everybody laugh and that's always paying for dinner for everybody and you're just super cool and mm-hmm. you're really trying to get me on. And yeah. I'm like, dang, you really believe in me. But then when I fly and go back to Louisiana, you got a whole nother life that you live in, you know, yeah. that that I know nothing about, yeah. you know, and I find this out on the back end. So I was connected in those circles, mm-hmm. not even knowing it. And one thing I've always realized is that uh, a lot of those people who are in the streets, they look at me as a person who they're like, oh, this dude D1 has a purity about him that gives us hope. Almost mm-hmm. like, dang, D1 enjoys our company. Mm-hmm. Like, D1 is friends with us. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to showcase the best of who we are yep. to D1. Mm-hmm. We might be straight goons to the rest of the world, yep. you know what I mean? And yep. we know how to put that iron on him. And, yep. you know, but with D1, man, he give us something pure to feel like we still a part of. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what my journey was yeah, and beautiful. has been to a lot of people. Honestly, yeah. even what I represent to my city of New Orleans, I know that it's that in a lot of ways. It, I come from a city that's known for murder and Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't partying, getting high, you know, getting drunk, then, you know, it's, 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 we the murder capital and it's, you know, we, yeah, like we, we young and thugging and we drugging and thugging and yeah. we, we bout that life. But then D1 comes along and the city is like, oh, this is different, mm. but it's authentically us. It's authentically mm. New Orleans, but it's different. But we, we rooting, we rooting for it. Even mm-hmm. though we might not all the way even relate to, you know, the angle D1 is coming from because he clearly repping for God and mm-hmm. he's, you know, repping about being a teacher and all that. So the, the whole being a teacher thing came about my last two months as a college student when I realized my manager just got shot up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be signed by the time I graduate college, you mm-hmm. know, so I got to get a job. And that's when it clicked to me, like, hmm. What kind of job can I get mm. that will uh, that will allow me to make direct impact the way I know I could make as an artist? And teaching was that. Wow, you know what, what was beautiful about what you said is that the folks from those elements desire to be around someone like you, and I think that proximity ends up impacting people that we don't even understand mm. when when i was in high school my two closest friends um I, like like say i had like five friends basketball team similar similar thing two of them ended up doing like double digits in prison mm. one of them because this area is very interesting like where we're at is it's we're in san diego county but we're next to one of the biggest marine bases mm. so the city is very uh diverse regionally so you got like one of my buddies was like his family was from chicago and they're all gds and then you got the crips and you got the bloods and you got the essays and like it's a very weird but it's not la mm. you know like it's, it's also not la and so two of my friends ended up doing double digits one of them uh back to back like went in did five years, came back out, did 15. Dang. Yeah. And then another one, same thing. Like went in, little small thing, went back in, did like 10, came back. But the crazy thing about what you're saying, bro, is like I'm just now starting to see the seeds that I planted in high school. And because I never cut them off, mm. because I never stopped inviting them to church, mm. because I never stopped praying for them, because mm. I, and they will argue with me and we would get into debates and all this stuff. Mm. And I, uh, 
just one of them just came to our live podcast event. You mm. know what I mean? And like is finally walking with Jesus, like beginning mm. to walk with Jesus. And it's almost like if folks can just make it into their thirties mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they watch and they do life with you, a lot of times they end up coming around. Yep. But it but it's but it's hard when you're immersed in that life. You know. Yep. And so it's almost like how can how can I love you and be a friend to you without co-signing what you're doing yeah. long enough for you to get it. Yep. There you, go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then eventually they, 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 they end up getting it. You know, yeah. they end up getting it. And then they see that the trajectory of life. They see yep. like, man, Ruslan didn't go do all this crazy stuff. And this is how his like and I made some decisions and like, but it's like, yo, but it's not too late for you. Right. You know what I mean? It's never too late. And so it's been beautiful to see that. And I just was just thinking about that, man, because like where you come from, I'm sure you you have way more friends than than the guys I've had in my life um, go through that kind of stuff. But to see it all come full circle is is dope. And and I think sometimes we don't understand the the seeds that are planted and and what will happen decades and generations later. Absolutely. And then being an artist, I'm seeing every day that a lot of the seeds that we plant, we will never meet these people in person. That's right. You know, we will never meet these people in person. So Mm -hmm. when somebody comes up to me, and they've been following me on Instagram since a dude just came to my book signing event that I did in L.A. a few hours ago. He was like, I've been following you since your mixtape. I hope they hear me. And that came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's like, so he has a 13, 14 year history with following me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even knowing all the seeds that my music and just my my uh my moves mm-hmm. and 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 my ministry have planted in his life mm-hmm. until he comes to the park just now in Los Angeles and is able to tell this to mm-hmm. me. So uh it just underscores the importance that in this generation, the fact that God chose for us to be alive right now Come on. means that our artillery and the weapons that we have to use are greater than ever before because we can be impacting people in a good or a bad way mm-hmm. who we may never meet mm-hmm. simply through that phone screen yeah. called social media. That's right. So we just have to be aware of that yeah. and then figure out how to use that to our advantage to make a difference for yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's good. So you're like, I can't, I can't continue making music. The the that door seems to be closing. So the logical thing, which which was, if I'm honest, I I my wife was a teacher. And I was looking at like getting my C best. I don't know if you know. In California, you can get you pass a little exam because you got to get a certification in California or a credential. It's, it's called a credential to teach, but you could just take a test and be a substitute teacher. Okay. So the plan for me was like, oh man, like I just go be a substitute teacher until music pops off, you know. Mm. And it, you know, I, I it's not uncommon for what you're describing, like to mm. be like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna be the teacher, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, what was that like, and what age, what age, and all that kind of stuff were you teaching? I was a middle school teacher. Okay, that's a that's a tough age, bro. Everybody say that, bro. Man, it was, I was uh, after school program uh-huh. supervisor at with middle school kids, and uh, okay, bro, high school kids easy, elementary school kids, yo, middle school kids were always the hardest for me. I always been attracted to what's the really? hardest, Respect. whatever's the hardest. Respect. I always been attracted that's dope. to it. Yeah, that's dope. Because not everybody's cut out for it, yeah. and for me. Middle school is when I saw a lot of my friends start to go down the wrong path. Ah. You know, my best friend, my actual best friend named Carl, who everybody who grew up with me, they know who Carl is. They know David and Carl were like twins. Mm -hmm. And we lost Carl to the streets, too. He also got murdered. Mm. And he got murdered the year after I graduated from college. So that that one, that one um, really impacted me because... 
I was a teacher when Carl got murdered and that's when I started to walk into the classroom every day and I was like, being in this classroom isn't enough Mm. because I could be doing my thing here, but I just saw the the immense pull that the music industry Mm -hmm. was having Mm -hmm. on my students, on my young black students Mm -hmm. that come from the trenches that Mm -hmm. I was teaching every day. So I'm I'm Mr. Augustine, the happy-go-lucky, real cool, relatable young dude, you know what I'm saying, who's their teacher. I'm teaching math and I'm teaching life skills, you know. So it's, it's, it's great. I'm making 39000 a year, you mm-hmm. know, as a teacher. Uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm satisfied at the time until Carl gets murdered. Mm-hmm. And when Carl gets murdered, you know, I think back to how much all of my students are trying to emulate their favorite rappers, you know. So at the time, I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So you got Lil Boosie, right? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing all my students who I teach come in class with what's called a Boosie fade. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, a haircut like Lil Boosie. I'm seeing that. Okay, they dictating how you how you wear your hair. I'm seeing all my students come in class talking, using the same slang as was being said in their favorite rap songs. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that. I see one of my students come in class with a tattoo that say M-O-B, you hear mm. I me? Mean? Money over, just, right. you know? And he don't even know what M-O-B stands for because right, right. I called him out in front of class yeah. and put him on the spot, and he didn't know, mm. but he said he got that tattoo because Lil Wayne has that tattoo mm. on his chest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, man. Yeah. Like, like this impact that these, there was an artist named Nussie in mm-hmm. Baton Rouge at the time. Mm-hmm. Nussie was coming up as like... Uh, a challenger to Lil Boosie. Mm-hmm. You know, they had beef with each other. Nussie was like the antithesis of what Lil Boosie was. Me and Nussie were going to do a song together. Uh, this was going to go on my first album. And the day we had the studio session booked, uh, Nussie got murdered <sighs> in Baton Rouge. Wow. So instead of putting him on it, I put Kevin Gates on the song mm-hmm. instead, right? So I'm amongst these people. Mm-hmm. But once again, bro, just like ever since college, I'm always the dude that, my message is is totally different than the company that I'm around, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just because I've always had a way of authentically being myself, but coexisting in these environments where they're like, you know what, brother, you are shining light, and the fact that you think enough of us to be around here, you motivating us to want to be more like you, you know. So, yeah. so like I just put an album out, and I got the game on my album, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the game from yeah, yeah, Compton. Yeah, yeah. So. Some people will see that and they'll be like, D, why would you work with the game? Or how do you get to work with the game? Y'all don't know, I interned under Jimmy Henchman, Mm -hmm. who managed the game, you know, way back in college. Mm -hmm. So there's been a connection since back then. Mm -hmm. But the game gets on my song and says, D, bro, this is the first verse I've ever done in my whole career where I didn't curse. Wow. But I did that out of respect for you and your platform. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's not new to me. I've been hearing that yeah. ever since I started my career, mm-hmm. you know, because artists have been seeing, like, this dude is different than us, but he's enough like us to where we respect the mission that he's on. Yeah. Even if I'm not personally there yet where D1 is mm-hmm. in, in my own walk with God, like, he gives me hope. So I'm going to, the least I could do is respect the 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 mission that he's on and what he's trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think what it sounds like you were you were processing was if you're a school teacher, which is extremely important, and school teachers are often overworked, underpaid, like especially in the areas you're in, 
I think, but what you're saying is the media, the music is more scalable and you could reach more people across, uh, through, through different mediums. And you, you can't, you can only be in person with 30, 40 students at a time. It's actually right? 150. I did the math. It was 30 students per class yeah. and I taught five classes per day. Yeah. So I'm like, I get to reach 150 students yep. per semester. That's yep. 300 students in a school year. Yep. And I said, man, if I make it as a rapper, I'm going to be reaching so many more than 300 mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was a simple math equation for me. I said, oh, it's way more scalable to That's get right. into the music industry. Right. As long as I didn't get into the music industry and water down my message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I actually got to do by leaving the public school system where I wasn't supposed to talk about God, I wasn't supposed to be too bold yep. about, you know, so many messages, what I actually found is, my message could be even more powerful outside mm. those four walls mm. of being a teacher in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So platform of a rapper, heart of a teacher. That's yeah. been my mission from the beginning. That's awesome. So when you have that first record go mega viral, uh, the 50... J50 and Weezy. J50 and Weezy. Uh, were, you, were you still teaching at that point or were you already translating? And like, how did that come together? Because that was seen like such a... A perfect record at the perfect time, yeah. With the perfect subject, like all that yeah. just kind of clicked, you know. Yeah. And and it wasn't, it wasn't overtly preachy right. or, or Christian, but right. it was clean and it was clear that you were different, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone who lo who listened was like, oh, you know, there's something to this dude, mm -hmm. you know. And then and then I think subsequently most of us found out you were Christian fairly mm -hmm. early in the process. So how did that whole moment come together? Yeah. So the song came out before the video came out. Okay. The song didn't blow up. The mm -hmm. song was on my my album David and Goliath. Okay. When I did this song, I'm I'm a teacher at uh -huh. the time. Wow. I, I remember coming home from teaching, yeah. being like, "Man, my students are being so brainwashed by this rap that they're listening to. Let me write a song addressing three of the big dogs in the game mm -hmm. who I know they know better. Like they still putting this negative message in their music, but I know that they know better than that, and that they could, you know, they could be putting a different message out there if they chose to but there it, it's called willful ignorance mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not unintentional ignorance it's it's very willful and mm -hmm. intentional ignorance on their on their part so said jay-z 50 cent and lil wayne if i had an opportunity to speak to him in person what would i tell him mm -hmm. and i put it all in this song mm -hmm. right uh put the song out and my goal was just for those three brothers to hear the song mm -hmm. As fate would have it, 50 Cent came to Baton Rouge, where I was teaching at the mm -hmm. time, to do uh, part of his promo tour for whatever album he was pushing at the time. Mm -hmm. And I walked up to 50 Cent mm -hmm. in person with a CD. Wow. And I was like, 50, my name is D1. Mm -hmm. I'm a middle school teacher out here. I rap as well. I did a song about you, you, Jay-Z, and 50 Cent. Here you go. I handed him the disc. I said, it's number seven mm -hmm. on there, right? Mm -hmm. I said, man, please listen to it, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, I really wanted him to hear this. Mm -hmm. Um, so much so that an hour later, he also had a stop to make in New Orleans mm -hmm. at another radio station. I drove to New Orleans to meet him at the other radio station because mm -hmm. I knew all these radio DJs mm -hmm. at the time. So I met him there and I shocked him. And he was like, bro, if I ain't know no better, I think you were like following me, stalking yeah, yeah, me right yeah, now. Yeah. I said, did you listen to the song? Mm -hmm. He was like, no, I ain't listen. <laughs> I said, man, please listen to that song, yeah, you know? Because yeah. I really was hoping, man, maybe he'll listen to it yep. and it'll actually make him say, bro, I need to be doing better. That's right. You know? Um, the song came out. I don't know whatever happened with that. The song came out. It did what it did. Uh, nothing too much came from it. 
man, thankfully I have a discerning spirit. Mm -hmm. And 18 months after the song came out, something just kept telling me in, in my spirit, D, shoot a music video to that. Remember that song you did a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. J50 and Wheezy? I know you done moved on since then. Mm -hmm. You two projects, you know, past that now. Mm -hmm. But go back and shoot a video for that song. Wow. 18 wow. months later. I didn't, I never knew that the timeline was like that. That's crazy. Months, 18 months later, bro. Wow. So when did, so when did you end up, when did the music video came up? Uh, October 1st, 2010. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So shot the music video and the night before it came out, I got goosebumps right now even talking about this, bro. Like, cause the night before it came out, I was really nervous, really nervous, bro. Because I knew it was about to blow up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when this blows up, I just knew it. I knew it was going to blow mm -hmm. up. And I was like, when this blows up, um, am I prepared for all that's going to come with it? Mm -hmm. You know, because on my first ever project, if people go and look at my discography and you look at my first project called I Am Who I Am, mm -hmm. the first two bars on my first song that I ever put out publicly, I say, if I ain't post to rap God, please let me know. Mm. But if I'm post to rap God, Please let me blow. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, I say, if I don't sell a lot of records, I ain't stressing. If I don't sell here, I'm going platinum in heaven. Mm. And I remember saying that. And right before that video came out, I knew, like, it's about to be on and popping. Mm. This one, this this about to go. Wow. And the next day I put it out, and within a week, I was viral for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. This before Instagram, yeah, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. This YouTube. Yeah. YouTube and Twitter, yep. straight viral, bro. And I got Universal Records calling my phone. Yeah. I got Jason Jeter, T.I.'s manager, calling my phone. Mm -hmm. I got B. Rich, uh, B.O.B.'s manager, mm -hmm. calling my phone. You know, and I got a bunch of fans saying, hold up, is D1, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that are, like, looking online and, mm -hmm. and trying to figure out who is this guy that's come out of left field with something that's caught all of our attention. Mm. I'm on MTV Jams in rotation. Mm. I'm top 20 on a sucker free countdown on MTV. Mm -hmm. And I'm broke, living off of my savings from being a teacher, mm. you know, sitting in New Orleans with my partner, mm. uh, my, my boy Evan. Mm -hmm. And we just watching all of this unfold before our eyes. Mm. And uh, within six months, I was signed to Grand Hustle Management, mm. TI's record mm -hmm, label. Mm -hmm. I'm on my first tour nationwide wow. with other Grand Hustle artists, Young Dro, Killer Mike, mm -hmm. and Pac Div mm -hmm. from out here in Cali. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really in the game. Wow. You know, I was really in the game, bro. Uh, a lot a lot of other stuff happened too that I probably don't even have time to talk about, but I just know that metaphorically I felt that door crack open. Mm -hmm. And when that door cracked open, I had a lot of pressure, a lot of people telling me, hey, brother, man, you could really go. You could really blow, mm -hmm. comma. But, man, give people a little more what they want. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You need, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like, what you think about, like, maybe cursing in your music mm -hmm. at least. Like, mm -hmm. something that just show them that you're a little more relatable, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm, I'm having a lot of that mm -hmm. being told to me. Mm -hmm. And I just keep seeing the faces of my students. Mm -hmm. And before I left that classroom telling them, Mr. Augustine is about to become D1, and I'm going to really make it, y'all. Mm. But I promise you I'm not going to compromise mm. because that is going to be powerful. More powerful than my success is going to be how I achieved it, and wow. I want y'all to remember me for that. Wow. What is it, y'all? 
be real, be righteous, be relevant. They, yeah. they knew, they knew Mr. Augustine, throw them threes up. Yeah. That means be real, be righteous, be relevant. So I never really compromised, bro, because, um, you know, I had a whole school full of students mm -hmm. that I didn't want to let down. Wow. You know? Wow. That's crazy, man. So, oh, man. So in in, in all of this, you, you, you things keep kind of aligning for you. I remember there was a moment where, Nas like shouted you out. Yeah, I was like, this is this is crazy, bro. Yeah. And yet, all along, like you're still rapping about Jesus. Yeah. Like I remember, uh, I remember talking to D One, uh, not D One. I remember talking to Murs mm -hmm. and, and connecting with Murs, and Murs kind of like, oh yeah, like my, my buddy D One's like a Christian rapper. Like mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. Like mm -hmm. and I was like, he's been, he's been trying to tell me about Jesus for years. I'm not listening to him. I'm not listening. It was so funny because we'd always like. Come on, man! Like I take him out to dinner and tell him about Jesus, and he was like, "No, no, no!" Like I, like I understand. I just don't mm -hmm. agree, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was so cool to see you in like the like immersed in the mix, you know, mm -hmm. and to really be in these spaces that, unfortunately, Christians just don't get to be in, you right. know. And whether that's uh, it, we choose not to go because we're afraid, mm -hmm. or whether that's um, we're not good enough, mm. you know, because 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 mm. you just aren't competent mm -hmm. for the job, you know. Mm -hmm. It was it, it was so fun to see you in those spaces, and what I appreciated about that record is that record I think was the perfect way to correct and and like almost rebuke, mm. but without it feeling like a diss song, mm. you know. Or at least that's how it came off to me. Yeah. Um, you guys, I remember there being murmurings of some kind of connections with cash money yeah um did did wayne ever hear the record and was what was his response yeah wayne heard the record okay but i don't think he really liked it uh. you know i don't think he liked the way that it uh kind of held him accountable uh -huh. for the impact or the lack thereof that yep. he was having yep. on on the youth sure. and on our city of new orleans yeah so it threw me off when his record label offered me a deal mm. You know, because on one hand, I'm talking to his people, and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, Weezy heard it. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, for real, what he thought about it? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't really too happy about yeah. this. Okay. But then I'm getting a call from Slim, and I'm talking with Birdman yeah. and them, and I'm being flown out to Miami, Florida, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. I'm in the hit factory recording. Mm. And this is before Wayne and Baby really started, like, beefing and mm -hmm. split up. Mm -hmm. This when they were all still unified. Mm -hmm. So... I'm trying to make sense of it, bro. At the time, I'm like, I. They're trying to sign me, but they're not allowing me to meet Wayne face to face. Mm. So amidst all this, I'm meeting everybody else. But you know Wayne. what I'm saying? But Wayne. Huh. So I'm like, something don't feel right about this. Um, but at the same time, these are the dudes I grew up listening to, right. and they're offering me a deal. Do I take it? And something just kept telling me. There's power in a name. What's the name of their record label? Cash Money Records. Yeah. You know, so it's gonna be about making cash money above doing anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, and for me, mine has always been Mission Vision. Mm -hmm. That's the name of my movement. Mm -hmm. You know, and and my mission is to win people over to Christ. Mm -hmm. My mission has always been to take people from this current state of being and helping them become the highest version of themselves mm -hmm. through the power of Christ. Amen. You know what I mean? And I was like, do they have mission vision over here? Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. Oof. So why would I sign? Yeah. You know, am I about to have more impact on them than they, than they feel like they having on the world? Yeah. And you know, man, uh, 
I do remember being in the hotel room with uh with Slim, mm-hmm. that's Birdman's business partner mm-hmm. and brother, and we in the Ritz Carlton Hotel, and he was talking to me, and I missed a show. Only time in my career I've ever missed a show. Uh, day of, I had to call and be like, I can't make it, and it's because he called me and said he was in town and he wanted to meet with me. And at the time, I was thinking, all right, because I was still considering signing to him. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I missed out on this show, and I'm sitting in the hotel room. And I told him that. I'm thinking I was going to impress him. Like, dang, you missed a show to come meet with me? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah. He said, how, how much you was getting paid? So I told him, you know, I think it was like three racks at mm-hmm. the time. And he just went in his pocket real quick and just started thumbing through hundreds, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Basically like, all right, that little money, like here, mm-hmm. you know. And although that was admirable, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was admirable. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't, it wasn't something... That made me be like, oh yeah, man, whatever they want from me, like mm-hmm. I like I, I'm just here for them because yeah. I, I know I want more of where that came from, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I was cool. I, I've always been cool ever since I went to Ghana, West Africa, as mm-hmm. a 13 year old student in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, it totally flipped my mindset on what matters in life. Yeah. So material possessions have never mattered to me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, for the longest, I drove a 1998 Honda Accord, mm-hmm. and I pull up right next to a Bugatti mm-hmm. and hop out just as confident as whoever driving that mm-hmm. Bugatti. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, name brand clothes. Mm-hmm. It's never been something that I've been, you know, chasing after yeah. because I saw people in Ghana, West Africa, as a teenager, full of joy, and that joy, I is indescribable with words. But that joy was something that didn't ma- didn't. Uh, it didn't matter what they were wearing or mm-hmm. how much they had or what neighborhood they lived in. And I always wanted that, yeah. you know. So yeah. because of that, um, the material possessions and the wealth, the worldly wealth was cool. But I also know that that money in the bank is nothing if morally you're bankrupt. That's right. You know. That's good. Yeah. So let me bounce this off of you. And I'm, I'm curious what you think about this. So. I think the same week me and you met in person, which was, I remember now when we met in person, it was South by Southwest. Okay. And it was when Lecrae and them did their big event. It was like a big event they were doing, and you were running around doing a bunch of events, and then they had their big showcase. This is when they like kind of led the Christian rappers to South by Southwest. Mm. And this is still like hardcore, unashamed Lecrae. And I remember... I remember like me and you backstage that day and I was like, oh, like I think we had connected somehow, maybe DM or text or email, something. But then I, I I went to the Mountain Dew Cash Money Show mm-hmm. at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And I'm hanging out and there's there's Tez at oh, the yeah. bar. Tez, yeah. And I'm like, if those guys don't know Cortez is uh Lil Wayne's manager. Yeah. And I, I remember this is when that that Carter documentary leaked. You remember when that thing leaked? Yeah, I do. And and like they didn't want it to come out, and it was like a big deal, but yep. it still got out there. And I saw it, yep. and I thought it was so cool the way he carried himself on that documentary. Mm. And so I walked up to him, and I was like, "Hey, you're Tez." He's like, "Yeah, what's up, man?" And I was like, "Are you a believer?" Mm. And he was like, "Yeah, like I was raised in a church, and this and this and this and that." Yeah. And he goes on to tell me, he says, "If it wasn't for God placing me in Lil Wayne's life, he would have been gone." Wow. And I was like, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking like, well, how, I'm, how do you me- wrestle through the moral dilemma of wow. claiming to be a believer? Which, again, I don't know what Tez is, what right. Jesus is day to day. I don't know any of that stuff. But this is just things he's professing to me. 
and you know kind of being a part of this entire ecosystem with mm. someone that at the time I don't know how Lil Wayne is doing now but at the time man that, that dude was pretty far gone off the mm. off the lean, the lean and all and that everything. stuff it was yeah. bad you know and they got into it and he made him ride on his own tour bus yep. and I and I was just yep. just showing him love and so he started opening up and talking and we sat there I'm not exaggerating bro we sat there and talked for like 45 minutes wow and he was walking me through how they got Drake to pop yeah. And how they, you know, Drake was independent, but then they took their own money and took him to radio and yep. used the cash money relationships to get him to pop the radio and then went back and did the deal with cash money. And I was just sitting there like, this is the craziest conversation I've ever had. Wow. And we ended up exchanging information. We didn't, we never talked again, nothing like that. But I was like, man, that was so interesting. But it just goes to show that the, that God be placing people mm. in people's lives. And, and who, we, we, I look at Lil Wayne or the game or these guys now and I'm just like, Mm. Man, these brothers look pretty far gone. Mm. But but we don't know where they are a decade from now mm. or two decades from now. Mm. You know, it's like my friend who was in jail for 15 years and mm. is now starting to finally go to church, mm. you know, and is now finally starting to get it. So what do you make of that and 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 just that whole like Tez's role in that? And, and had you had any interactions with him or was it similar? Yeah, was he Tez, if you listen to this, man, you better call me back, man. You owe me a call. <laughs> like I, I just got called Tez last week. Uh we were supposed to talk. Me and Tez, me and Tez have kindred spirits, bro. He seems like he seemed like such a good. It's one conversation, but he, in that he, conversation, he, he's one of us, bro. He seems so he, cool, man. This the thing in New Orleans is you can have that side to you, yeah. But then you could also have this side to you to where it's like, yeah, I'm a believer, comma, but I really grew up in the trenches, and my mm. best friend just so happens to be a multi platinum rapper mm. with cash money named Lil Wayne, mm -hmm. who who doesn't trust anybody except for me. Mm -hmm. So he's like looking up to me and counting on me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I got this whole other side to me to where I was just a college student at Jackson State in the band. I'm talking about Cortez, mm -hmm. you know. So you have a lot of people. It's who, a duality. Yeah, you got that duality. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that duality, bro, oh, man, it's, it's the story of my life. Mm. And I always chose Christ. Mm. I always chose Jesus mm. whenever I got to a fork in the road of that duality. Yeah. And it's an everyday decision, Roseline. Yeah, yeah. Like, every day, bro. So when we're talking about these people like Cortez or like Mac Man mm -hmm. or Birdman mm -hmm. or whoever, I'm just like, when I'm telling you, you know, some people have a story like, oh, yeah, I met this person 12 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just talked to him mm -hmm. four days ago, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. we talking about doing some stuff together mm -hmm. and we, we need to chop it up. And for me... It brought me a lot of pain to realize that uh, continuing to choose Jesus was going to always have a dividing line between me and a lot of my counterparts who were massively successful in mm. the mainstream. Yeah. And these are my friends. Mm -hmm. These are people who it's like I could call them right now, mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to pick up. Mm -hmm. But they know, man, D chose a route that we... We would have wanted to choose, but this money was too much to pass on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it brought me a lot of pain before I achieved the success that I currently yeah. have by the grace of God. Amen. It, it brought me a lot of pain, bro, to see. Um, man, I just got so many stories, yeah. man. Like, you know, somebody like G-Eazy, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, G-Eazy went to college in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh, me and G-Eazy started out together doing the same shows mm -hmm. you know we would be in the same venues doing shows and all that type of stuff and i just saw like 
they're going to make it because him and his team are dedicated to figuring out an image for him, mm-hmm. figuring out a sound for mm-hmm. him, figuring out a lane for him to make it in the music industry by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And I've never looked at a human being, bro, and been like, oh, they got something that I don't have. Mm-hmm. They got a look that I don't have. Or they have uh, uh, an, abil- uh, an ability to put words together that I don't have. Mm-hmm. i never seen that. But what I've always realized is there's a level that they're willing to take it to that I know God wouldn't be pleased with that I won't take it yeah. to, you know? That's good. That's good. Did, 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 did Jay ever catch one of the songs? Jay-Z? Ever, yeah. Yeah, he heard it as well. So I got confirmation that all three of the people I addressed, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, and Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. all heard the song. Mm-hmm. So uh, me and Jay-Z have met mm-hmm. since then, mm-hmm. and it's, it was it was all love. We But we met many years later. We mm-hmm. met, like, after Jay-Z definitely evolved and put out the 444 album. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know yeah. What I, mean? I was going to say, he probably would have agreed with your assessment yeah, back then. Yeah, bro. Now, yeah, you know? I, out of all three of the artists, yeah. Jay-Z is the one who has made the most progress, yeah. in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, so. yeah. I, uh, I, I got hip to Jay's hostility towards Christianity. He talked about it on some very obscure podcasts. And come to find out, I think his great uncle committed some essay against one of his aunts and, and it was it was like some really dark stuff. Mm. And so when when I had briefly interacted with him, it was it was on some like this is when he was running around wearing the uh, it was like at the peak of all the Illuminati stuff, but he was on tour with you two and he kept wearing his Jesus is Lord shirt. Mm. And so I walked up to him like, what's up, man? Like dapped him up real quick. He's like, what's up with the Jesus is Lord shirt? Mm. You know, and he just He's just so confused, like, what? Like, you noticed that, you know? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, look, man, I don't know. Ask Alexander Gavinci. He said, ask Gavinci. Mm. <laughs> and they walked away. Wow. <laughs> but I knew that, like, when when I, in, I'm i I'm going, like, this is my shot. I'm going to talk to, tell him about, mm. we're going to talk about Jesus, you know? Because mm-hmm. this is confusing, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's interesting to see and then let him later open up to why there's all that hostility towards Christianity that he's had for, for years now. Wow, you know? bro. Yeah, so it was, it was weird. Um. Anyway, that, so that's dope. That's dope. I feel like you planted seeds. Yeah. I feel like you planted seeds. And again, decades. Yeah. Like, like we got to start thinking in decades yeah. and not in moments. That's you know? real. When, when I think of the fans, yeah. I think moments because I know that fans turn into crash test dummies mm. when they listen to these lyrics that lead them down the wrong path. That's right. And they may not have decades. Yep. You know, when I think of artists, I think of decades because artists oftentimes they rapping about all this stuff but they're really very insulated yeah. you know in yeah. terms of the lives that they're living yeah. they're safe yep. for the most part and they're not crash test dummies yep. you know so yeah is that, is that kind of how you f- you have the ability to navigate and work with a game or there was somebody said that in, in the chat somebody mentioned that you worked with uh 19 keys who uh oh yeah i just uh performed at at his uh, tour that he did, yeah. he did a tour called I think it's called the High yeah. High Level Conversations yeah. Tour. Yeah, and um, so, so I said that to say the folks who, at least on a surface level, seem to be kind of hostile towards Christianity and Jesus, mm. you kind of are able to collaborate with in different ways. Yeah, is that because you're looking at the bigger picture? Is that because like because because at this point everybody knows what you're about. There you go. You so know? that's my thing. If you know what I'm about, yeah. and if something about me is still that magnetic to mm-hmm. where you're like, yes, D, we want you. Mm-hmm. We want you to collaborate with us. Mm-hmm. We want you to be on this show or be mm-hmm. a part of this tour. My thing is like, absolutely, I'm mm-hmm. going to take you up on that offer mm-hmm. because now 
you allowing me to be in spaces where many people like me aren't welcome, mm-hmm. you know? And whatever it is about me, the authenticity, the delivery method, mm-hmm. the the ability to be firm, mm-hmm. but then also be um be empathetic, mm-hmm. you know, to to listening to mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. and and I don't mind uncomfortable conversations, you yeah, know? Clearly. Yeah, clearly <laughs> right. <laughs> whatever it is, I'm like if 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 y'all are allowing uh, me to be in these spaces, I feel like I would be doing the wrong thing to yeah. say no to them. Yeah. And it's a difference, Roots, between me being invited mm-hmm. to these spaces mm-hmm. and it's been like that my whole life mm-hmm. and my whole career, mm-hmm. even before music, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The killers, the the people that's committing the, the crimes, being like, yeah, we want to be around David, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But we don't want David to come and commit this crime with mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. but we want to be around him. It's a difference between that and me sitting back and saying, hey, it's part of my business plan as a Christian rapper to say, now I want to cross over into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So I want to pay for some of these relationships mm-hmm. or I want to pay uh real high expensive mm-hmm. PR, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get on some of these outlets mm-hmm. to now hopefully have that appeal. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just what yeah. I have seen a lot of in Christian hip hop. And even the whole thing of, are you a Christian rapper? I'm like, yo, if you think I'm a Christian rapper, then I'm a Christian rapper. If this person says I'm not a Christian rapper, then to them, I'm not a Christian rapper. But even that whole conversation, mm. I remember going on tour with Lecrae, mm-hmm. you know, and that's right when that conversation was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think he was trying to shed that 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 title, you yeah. know. And that always just came across like real icky to me. Mm-hmm. Like, why is an artist so concerned about what people view them as? Yeah. Create the art. Yeah put it out there and let it reach people how it's going to reach them well i mean now the algorithm will do that for you Mm. you know (laughs) like Mm. like that now now it's not you can't really if you may if you're overt about your faith the algorithm is going to place you with with people that are similarly overt about their faith Mm. you know what i mean like unless you do something intentionally to counter that Mm. you know like like intentionally make stuff that is either has profanity or has enough um stuff to offset whether that's lovey-dovey whether lovey-dovey songs gun bars like you gotta have stuff to offset that because the algorithm is gonna do that for you now I don't think there's any way around it now I'm with you I think it's a silly conversation I think uh, now the conversations happen in the in the in the Christian YouTuber space. I'm a Christian YouTuber. I'm a YouTuber. Like it's like it's stop. Oh, like if we're talking about Jesus, okay, the algorithm's going to do what the algorithm's okay. going to do. You know, and so it's 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 it's, it's a funny dilemma. Um, I want to come back to to the Lecrae and the tour and all that stuff, but before there, one of my favorite moments in terms of watching your trajectory was when you did I finish paying Sally Maybach, and this is why. This is why. And this would be a smooth segue. Yeah. I, 2011, we ended up doing a NACA showcase. I don't mm. know if, you, if you've heard of NACA. Of National course. Association yeah, because, college. So as the breaks, we crushed it. And and we did like 30 NACA shows just the first semester of 2012. Man. Like 35K a pop. Excuse me, 3,500 a pop. Right? So just, just killing it in terms of just back to back to back to back. So really good money for us at the time. And what we would do is we would hit up Reach and we'd be like, hey, we're going to be in Atlanta. Do you want to, uh, can we open up for whatever y'all got going on, right? Because we still were like, we got fans over in the Christian space, but we're, we're, we're not getting booked in the Christian shows. Mm. But these colleges, these secular colleges are willing to book us. And I remember doing the Man Up conference. They mm. did. It was huge. Atlanta, this is mm-hmm. 
2020, I remember, uh, 20, 2012, excuse me, 2012 Man Up Conference, massive, massive event, 3,500 people, something crazy. Mm. And I remember like this, this like rah, 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 we're, we're going to man up for Jesus. And like, and this is at the peak of the reformed and restless phase. So everyone's a Calvinist back then. Mm. Everybody's into reformed theology. And I remember me and my wife were going through our debt free journey. And bro, we had $100,000 of debt. So student loans, second mortgage, car payments, credit cards, you name it, we had it. Mm-hmm. And we, following the Dave Ramsey stuff, uh, pay, paid, paid it off. We settled for one of the bigger debts, but we ended up paying off like 50000 in 18 months. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm in the middle of walking this out, and I'm meeting these guys that got the right theology because I'm, the, I'm at the, probably much like you, I'm at the, the, the merch table. I'm mingling. I'm meeting every single person. I don't hide out in the green room. I want to meet everybody. And I'm meeting these guys, and they got the right theology. Mm-hmm. They know the right John Piper books. Mm-hmm. They know the right John MacArthur study Bible. They got all the things, and everybody's a Calvinist, and everybody knows it. But, but, but when we start talking about life, what kind of husband are you? Mm-hmm. What, 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 what's your finances like? Mm-hmm. How, how are you living day to day? Bro, these cats were so disconnected, and it was so compartmentalized. And I'm like, we can't do... Jesus, 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 and then live like the world, yeah. even though we we saying Jesus, Jesus, but but our finances, we live in paycheck to paycheck like the world. We we we, we ain't got no emergency funds like the world. Man. We struggling hand to mouth like the world. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't, that didn't make sense to me. And so seeing you were the first rapper that I saw, because I couldn't figure out how to package it. Like it's not cool to rap about being debt free. <laughs> unless you're D1, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you made that cool. Mm. And and I and I saw you do that, and I was like, bro, that is so dope that you wrote a record. Mm. And I couldn't find anybody to really be excited with me that I'm like debt-free, mm. and now we got six months of living expenses, and now I could quit my job and do mm. music in full-time 2015. I couldn't find anybody to like, no one got it, bro. Mm. No one got it. But you mm. did it, and then you it ended up like seeing you on mm. the Dave Ramsey show, mm-hmm. and you talking about your your old car that you mm-hmm. ran into. I've, I got more, I just... Yeah, I'm rid of my Prius that I ran into the ground. You know, I could afford the Tesla. Mm-hmm. I'm for the wait. You know, mm-hmm. talk about that. Talk about the debt free stuff, man. Cause I yeah. feel like we don't talk about the financial literacy enough. Right. Bro, I wrote that song because when I finally finished paying my student loans off, yeah. the amount of joy that I felt was incomparable to anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had just signed a record deal with RCA. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Same, yeah. same time. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm signed to a major label. They wouldn't put that. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't push put that. It I remember out. we talked about that. They wouldn't put it out, bro. I remember that. That was so crazy. Yeah. I was so hot because they yeah. were trying to talk to us at the time, and I was never mind. That's, yeah. that's TMI. Go ahead. So Go they ahead. so they didn't want to put this song. Wow. Out, I flew to New York. I was so excited. We sat at this big round table, and I told everybody, "Listen, y'all, I got this new EP I want to drop, but I want this to be the lead single. Mm-hmm. It's about me paying my student loans off. Because when I signed to y'all, mm-hmm. I took part of my advance mm-hmm. and used it to get debt free. Mm-hmm. And I, instead of buying a new car, buying a bunch of jewelry, mm-hmm. I paid my loans off, mm-hmm. and I pressed play on the song Sally Maybach. Mm-hmm. Press play, the song finished playing. I was still hype. I was just in my zone after listening to it. And it was crickets at that table, bro. <laughs> crickets. And they was like, we're not pushing this. Wow. They were like, people don't want to hear this. You know? Yeah. Your, your fans probably didn't, don't even go to college. You yeah. know? That's what they're saying. Oof. And I'm just listening to all this pushback. So I had it in my mind at the time. I said, you know what? If they don't want to push this, I'm going to shoot a music video mm-hmm. and just put it out for promo use only on mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Went back to New Orleans. Got a crew together. Mm-hmm. Um 
One of my boys who actually lived here in San Diego at the time flew him out to New Orleans. We shot the video, and within a week, went viral again. Again. You know? Again. Familiar territory. Come on. So, boom, song blowing up. I finished paying Sally Maybach. (laughs) Oh, man. Bro, crazy, bro. And that, that song changed my life because... Not only did first of all, it led to a partnership with me and Sally May, uh-huh. the actual right. company, right? Yeah. So for five years, we had the D1 Knowledge for College Come tour, on. to where I was going around the country yeah. speaking to high school and college students about financial literacy, yeah. and also we gave out over three hundred thousand dollars in college scholarships to students around this country, wow. bro. So that was amazing, and it thrust me to the forefront of this conversation about being a hip-hop artist, mm-hmm. but also being financially literate Come and on. how I manage my money, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was great because I grew up in New Orleans where the standard was people like Birdman saying, I'm the number one stunner, mm-hmm. meaning like, yo, I got a hundred cars outside mm-hmm. and they all on rims mm-hmm. and they all, you know, all I got diamonds in my teeth and I got so much money and you're going to know it because I, I love to stunt and flash and show off. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm like, well, guess what? I'm from this same city, mm-hmm. and I'm the antithesis of being the number one stunner. Mm-hmm. I'm the number one saver. Mm-hmm. I'm the number one investor. Come on. I'm the number one advocate for being debt-free and student loan-free. Yeah. And I love that I could stand my ground on what made me authentic because there's more people who could relate to being in student loan yep. debt or trying to figure out how to get over the hump to own some property mm-hmm. one day, yep. not have to rent for their whole life. Mm-hmm. More people could relate to that right. than, than could relate to, man, I got a mouth full of diamonds mm-hmm. and I got a hundred cars outside and I got a million dollars worth of jewelry on. The problem is no one had ever made being financially literate cool mm-hmm. inside of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So That's right. I'm glad I was able to do that. And he was low-key kind of early because then comes Jay with 444. There you go. And he dropping gems about assets and art. and what you, to, you know what I mean? There you go. So you were early to that, man. Yeah, I, and, 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 and I, I believe, I don't remember if it was around that same time or after that time. I feel like it was around the same time. Forgive me if my if my mm-hmm. timing is blurry, but I remember that's kind of when uh, Dave brought Anthony O'Neill on, mm-hmm. and now he has multiple black mm-hmm. folks working there as personalities, yep. you know. And and I feel okay. like he started seeming to seemingly from the outside looking in. I don't I don't know how the operation works, but seemingly being more intentional to want to reach different people, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought that was that was fly as well. It was like mm-hmm. okay, and then seeing Anthony didn't go off and do his own thing mm-hmm. and, and his ascent and everything he's doing mm-hmm. it's 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 really cool man and so you were you were uh a pioneer obviously in more ways than one and that was dope so you ended up parting ways with with Sony RCA correct after that it was it, when that was that was pretty much the crux of it they just didn't get it yeah when I saw all the success bro when I was in Los Angeles on the set of the real the daytime talk show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when I was like man I got here on my own, just mm. me and God. Come like, on. the label didn't have nothing to do with this, yeah. you know? Yeah. When I found myself in Atlanta on the set at CNN, mm-hmm. talking about Sally Maybach and the phenomenon that this song had turned into, and I was like, RCA had nothing to do with this. That's right. When I was on the set at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, of His and Hers, mm-hmm. uh, the show with Jamel Hill and my man Michael Smith, mm-hmm. and I'm like, RCA had nothing to do with this. Yeah. That's when I realized, like, oh, man, I, I don't need them yeah. uh, at this point. So I was on my way out the door at that point, but I did still want to put an album out with them because I didn't want to go through all of the trouble I did to get signed and then not put an album out with the label and then always be thinking, like, 
what if? Mm. What if I'd have put an album mm-hmm. out? I wonder if that. So I put out my album called Slingshot David mm-hmm. that came out in November, November 10th, 2017. Mm-hmm. And I put that out with RCA. And after that came out and I saw the push, mm-hmm. you know, that I got from being on a major mm-hmm. label and all that. I was like, oh, now nah, I could do this independent. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They fumbled, man, respectfully. Yeah. And I told them that. I told him that private because they fumbled with you and they fumbled with Jay Monty. Mm. You know, and, and th- th- obviously very different reasons. And Jay Monty's a, a, a very different artist than you are. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, that was that was disappointing. Um, man, lot of ego at the top up there. <sighs> lot of ego at that time. You know, uh, the man who signed me to RCA, uh, uh, he changed my life. So yeah. shout out to my man Gio. But in terms of uh, when I was over there yeah. during that time, uh-huh. yeah, and you probably know who I'm talking I know about. A lot of ego yeah, up yeah. there, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, man. So you go, you 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 have that moment, and then I feel like the you correct me if I'm wrong. So you, you forgive me if I'm like fumbling the, the mm-hmm. timeline. I remember you having a a moment with the Kevin Samuels thing, mm. and that was like again like masterfully timed. Mm-hmm. The red pill is blowing up, mm-hmm. and yet you're you're not you're not fresh and fit. You're not mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you ain't you know what I mean. You ain't Andrew right, Tate. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but I've always said that I felt like the issue with the red pill was a proper analysis of real problems. Mm-hmm. But the caveat is selection bias. It's mm-hmm. real problems with very specific types of women, mm-hmm. and then they just use a hasty generalization and think most women are like that. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, most women ain't like the mm. way that they're depicted. It's a very specific type of woman, whether you want to call her a modern woman or a feminist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I were, and, and seeing you, because I was I was starting to cover a lot of the same kind of Kevin Samuels type stuff and and just saying like, listen, like there, there, there are women like this that they're correcting. Like mm-hmm. they do exist. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was, I don't know if you saw, I was just on the whatever podcast mm-hmm. um, with Adam 22 and I, and, and I talked to these two, well, one girl who self-professed conservative, conservative, Catholic Christian OnlyFans model. Mm-hmm. And in her mind, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, like me and you were the same. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm into that Jesus-ish. And I'm like, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. No, we right, are not. Right, like, right. we are not right, the same. Right. But there are women that exist like that, that I, under- I understand why that, that space exists. I understand why Kevin mm-hmm. Samuels was, was necessary, mm-hmm. um, regardless on a, a lot of the things I disagree with. So mm-hmm. how did, how did and, and then I saw you on uh, my guy's Adam Sosnick's yeah, pod. That's my yep, dude. Yep. I've seen you on a couple of these uh, Red Pill podcasts or Red Pill adjacent. I don't know if they call themselves Red Pill. Right. So tell me about like, navigating that space and how that like kind of came about yeah because people people value me as a thought leader Mm -hmm. they value me as an intellectual Mm -hmm. so when they see that and d1 is on his platforms he's on instagram Mm -hmm. and and he's on his own own social media uh expressing his opinion about different topics that are coming up in society and that are relevant people start being like whoa this dude is more than just a rapper. That's right. You know, everything we talked about earlier in our conversation had to do with big moments and big, you know, errors in my rap career. Mm-hmm. As social media became more of a of a thing, I realized that wow, some people are getting introduced to me because of my opinions on mm-hmm. various topics in the world. Yep. So that leads to people saying, "Oh, we want to um we want to get this guy on this podcast or get this guy on this show to speak about mm-hmm. different topics. And that's great for me because as a teacher, yeah. you know, I had to be in class for like an hour each day, five times a day. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's like speaking for up to five hours per day. Right. 
So when I have to do a song that's three minutes long, mm-hmm. a lot of times that song or an album, the album I just dropped yesterday, Uno, the whole album is 31 minutes long. Mm-hmm. That's a piece of cake for me, mm-hmm. you know? It actually feels like, no, 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 hey, y'all, I actually got a lot more to say than what I said on these tracks, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. So where can I say it? How that's can right. I say it? That's right. And that's when I started being like, oh, I'm going to use social media to be a speaker as well, mm-hmm. you know? And, and being a speaker nowadays and being intelligent, articulate, but empathetic mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. and gentle, mm-hmm. but also bold, mm-hmm. it's just such a unique combination that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people end up being like, Mm. Yeah. You got my attention, brother. Yeah. You yeah. got my attention because this doesn't feel driven by uh, a preoccupation with building a brand in this space, whether it's red pill, sure. whether it's just a Christian space, sure. whatever. It don't feel like it's a preoccupation with building a brand. It feels like a dude that is very comfortable with who he is mm-hmm. and knows why he feels how he feels mm-hmm. and just puts it out there. Yeah. Yeah, if you could summarize, like, what what aspects of the red pill or the Kev- the Kevin Samuels aspects where you were like, man, he nailed it here, mm. and then what aspects were like, ah, I think I think I think these are off. Yeah. So when Kevin Samuels first put out, I was in Los Angeles, and he had been putting out uh, video content, and a bunch of my boys were telling me like, man, you heard of this dude Kevin Samuels? You heard of him? And I was like, no, I actually haven't heard of him. So the first video that they played me from Kevin Samuels. He was speaking about the realities of women mm-hmm. who feel like the more and more college degrees that they get and the more and more money that they make, mm-hmm. that when that when they come to the table and want to be with a quote-unquote high-value man, mm-hmm. that they lead off with talking about all the degrees they hold and how much bread they make. Mm-hmm. And he was just saying, a man who is already financially stable and doing well mm-hmm. does not care about that stuff. That's like right. that, that stuff doesn't matter at all to him. And he was saying, what does matter to that man is, are you able to be submissive? Mm-hmm. Are you able to get down with his vision, mm-hmm. you know, that he's coming to the table with? Mm-hmm. Are you someone who he's physically attracted to? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this dude nailed it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, my introduction to Kevin Samuels had me like, yeah, he's okay in my book. Yep. And then when I started to dig into more of his content, I was like, where we differ is the way that he delivers these messages clearly comes across in certain instances like there's total disregard for the feelings of these women yeah. or, or you know, coming from a place of, hey, I, I genuinely love you as a person, ma'am, but you may just be a little off in terms of how, you, how you're approaching the dating scene or how you're thinking about things. It, come, it came across a lot more just like, raw and mm-hmm. just like look i'm just putting this out there and y'all stupid if y'all mm-hmm. if y'all think otherwise or look at how dumb y'all are like mm-hmm. come on c- c- call into here so i could just showcase how stupid and how, how dumb you are. i was like that approach lets me know that he's not coming from a foundation that's rooted in jesus christ that's right because that gentleness isn't there yeah. you know that uh that that empathy isn't there but in terms of a lot of what he's saying i'm just like yeah the disconnect oftentimes is women who are feeling like they don't want to submit to a man's leadership or they don't want to be with a man who is extremely driven uh, professionally, but they want someone who is making a certain amount of money mm-hmm. and they and they have, you know, they have these certain requirements that they want their man to hold. And I was just like, the expectations versus the reality of what you all are bringing to the table and what you want, they aren't matching up oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he... he nailed that in terms of identifying that and 
it 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 made a lot of women have to look in the mirror and reassess what am I bringing to the table yeah. and what am I looking for from a man and is it fair that I'm looking for this but I'm only bringing this? Yeah, yeah. I I remember when he passed away and and people and it was it was sad seeing people celebrate. celebrate. I was like, that's gross. Yeah. And I remember saying like, whatever comes after this is is not going to be better. Mm. Like y'all think like he was the sensible one, right? Right. In terms of that space, like you, y'all got no idea what's coming next, right? And what came next, Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, you right, you right, bro, <laughs> right, you right, and then and and, fresh and fit, and, and then and then fresh and fit, yep. and then fresh and fit now is demonetized, and so they're on their way down, and mm. so I don't know if you're keeping up. Actually, I'm not even gonna say the dude's name because he's a complete loose cannon. I'll tell okay. you offline. Yeah. Uh, but the, the but the stuff that can't, that that's came since has just gotten more and more sensationalized. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, I, th- I think I think you're spot on in terms of. I think Kevin seemed to have really genuinely wanted to to help people, and you know, gentleness is one of those things where gentleness isn't a lack of strength. Gentleness is being strong, but restraining strength. Mm. You know, like if I'm playing uh, my son, I got an eight-year-old, and he's been wanting to do this thing where he he wants to spar. Mm. So he we put on gloves mm-hmm. and we're sparring. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, me being gentle with him is not being weak. Me being gentle with him is restraining my ability because I don't want to hurt my child, mm. right? And I love him enough to let him beat beat on me mm. while at the same mm. time not inflicting pain, right? So I'm 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 gen- I'm being gentle because I love this person, yeah. And that's a fruit of the spirit, right? Yeah. And it's difficult for someone that. Uh, even though he has some foundation in the church and had some some framework, it, it's difficult for people to 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 show that, especially towards um, women in this climate and all the division and all the infighting. Right, and you it's know? like it's like where's Jesus at on your totem pole? That's right. Nowadays, you got people who they have Jesus somewhere on their totem pole, but yeah. he's not at the top. Yeah. Them building a brand is at the top. Them them turning people into customers is at the top of their yeah. totem pole. Yep. And they're like, oh, Jesus, oh, absolutely, he's on that totem pole. Mm-hmm. But that's the difference is that every day, that decision every day to say Jesus is at the top of my totem pole mm-hmm. amidst me doing business, amidst me having a brand and building a brand, mm-hmm. that's what separates certain leaders from other leaders. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I want to I wanna get into how you ended up at Harvard, which that I was like, what like this is crazy but uh we we've we've tiptoed around the entire lecrae situation um you guys have been friends for a while mm-hmm. uh y'all went on tour together mm-hmm. I've, I've known lecrae for over a decade um folks were taken aback that someone was willing to push back against some of the stuff that he's kind of been doing you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think that, i think you did it with respect and dignity and honor and and, and gentleness, mm. you know, in terms of how you approached it uh, with regards to the righteous and ratchet thing. Uh, you were on a podcast that, and you were, you, you actually, that, that whole sequence I thought was spot on. Mm. Um, and you caught some flack for that. Yeah, I said, to quote, I said, I'm not more pro-black than I am pro-God because in the name of being pro-black, sometimes either being pro-black or being a part of hip-hop culture, mm-hmm. I've seen room be made for a bunch of activity and behavior that is not of God. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I never want to be more tied into my ethnicity mm-hmm. or my uh, my profession 
than I am tied in and locked in with God. Amen. And I and I was like, even I say, even in Christianity, man, I've seen people talking about being righteous and rad shit and mm-hmm. all that. And I'm like, man, that just, you know, confuses me yeah. when I see our people boasting about this. And I was yeah. like, man, I'm and I had the hoodie on at the time. I said, man, I'm real righteous and relevant. That's right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's right. so that's what I, I mean. Okay, before we get to the second part, I, I, the first part, I, I was shocked that you caught Flack, man, lengthen, completely misquoted you. What I heard, and 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 I got it right away because I'm I'm ethnically Armenian. Armenians like to claim that you know we're the first Christian nation, and we got a quarter of the old city in Jerusalem and all this kind of stuff. But the moment someone places being uh, Armenian, being uh, from the Soviet Union, that I that those identity markers is the moment you start getting uh, me seeing a lot of my mom's friends died of drunk driving as a kid. Mm. abusing alcohol, beating on their women, right? Like, well, this is just how we are. This is, we, 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 this is how we get down, right? Mm. Because of this, like, because of the mindset. And so, like, I got what you meant. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, like, that's very spot on because what you're not, you're not generalizing. Like, we're not saying all Armenians are this or all black people are this. Mm-hmm. We're saying when you have an out-of-order mm-hmm. identity markers of who you are mm-hmm. and, and something comes before being pro-God, mm-hmm. you are liable to do foolish stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is across every community mm-hmm. guideline, Able. right? This Able. is... This is if we would say uh, the 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 dude that's flying the Confederate flag mm-hmm. who claims to be a Christian. There you go. You put in your conservatism or whatever that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know if we will call it conservative. You put in something before Jesus to be out here on some like Dixie flag. You, you know go. what I mean? And so it's like I got what you meant, and I think we would we would say we would acknowledge that for other cultures, but for some reason, it seemed like people wanted to take that and 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 like interchangeably use ratchetness for blackness mm. and that's so degrading to to black mm. culture because black mm. culture is not synonymous with that there you go I, like i grew up around you know amazing black people the first folks that shared the gospel with me were, were, were folks from the black baptist tradition mm. and they were patient with me and they kept praying for me and and, and speaking hope over me. one day you're gonna do things for for the lord ruslan i was like y'all crazy yeah like, one day watch one and day. sure enough yeah. and sure enough right and so I was so irritated by that first half. Like, I was like, yo, it, like, I didn't even care to talk about the other, I didn't make a video about any of this stuff, but I was more annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. But even now, I didn't want to get in, I didn't want to dabble mm-hmm. into that. But uh, what, what was your, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just venting to you at this point because I was frustrated with that first part. Yeah, I called Van about that, yeah. you know, and I was like, Van, we know each other, bro, yeah. and we friends. Yeah. First of all, if you're going to quote me, you, you got to quote, quote. You got to actually properly. quote you. Yeah, yeah. You misquoted me yeah. inside the quotation box. Right. You know, we we squared that away. Okay, good. Me and Van are all good. Good. Um, Van actually tells me how much I inspire him with my faith walk and how much he looks up to me in that regard. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I love that brother genuinely. Yeah. And I told yeah. Van, I said, I love you to the point where, because I know your heart, I won't publicly disagree with you. Mm on stuff that I said, bro, you be posting stuff on your page sometimes that I'm like, man, this Negro is tripping. Yeah, I mean, we know? all we all got folks like friends and family that we follow that yeah. we just scroll past. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just, okay. Yeah. Scroll, scroll past. Yeah. I'm not even going to engage, you yeah. know? And I, and I also know that, you know, we got multiple hands, so we have the ability to fight multiple fights mm-hmm. down here on earth. And if I'm fighting a fight against sin, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I also can't fight a fight against skin at sure, the same time. Sure. You know what I mean? So we got skin problems and we got sin problems. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of my brothers and sisters in my community using both hands to fight against skin problems. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. Straight 
racist battles that they're mm-hmm. fighting against, you know, and they're very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. So when I come in and say, hey, I'm clearly with y'all, mm-hmm. you know, but let's be honest about the fact that these ain't our only problems mm-hmm. that we have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the perspective that I have towards how we're fighting mm-hmm. over here, mm-hmm. um, it causes me to say, let's not have a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Let's not have... Uh, an approach to where we're always just pointing the finger at others. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what we're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Let's hold ourselves accountable, yeah. you know, and not blame everything on slavery mm-hmm. and, and blame everything on white people, mm-hmm. the white man this, mm-hmm. the white man that. And when I do that, sometimes I get a lot of support from my community mm-hmm. saying, yeah, D, like you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And you are fit to help be a voice mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And I get other people that's like, man, we ain't trying to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, we ain't, we ain't trying to hear that because now that... That that got us looking at ourselves when we really need to direct all the focus on how we have been wronged. Sure. And I'm like, I'm not saying we haven't been wronged, mm-hmm. but a great analogy is this. If I'm chilling on the block, mm-hmm. you heard me, and if somebody come along and they driving in a van and they hit my dog mm-hmm. in the street, right, mm-hmm. and then they keep driving that van, I got a decision to make. Am I going to run after that van mm-hmm. or am I going to run to my dog. Mm. And when I say run to my dog, meaning I'm still trying to save my dog if it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm running to my dog every time. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like choosing to run to my dog is equivalent to me running to my people on mm. a daily basis mm. and being like all the structural institutional racism that exists. Mm-hmm. I know that's why I vote though. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. why I vote for people to go fight those fights mm-hmm. and the, the the systemic stuff on a big level. Mm-hmm. I We need to fix that stuff. But on a daily basis, mm-hmm. I see a lot of hit dogs in the street. Mm-hmm. And I'm right there close enough to them mm-hmm. to where I don't want to see these youth die mm-hmm. on my watch. Because even though they got hit, mm-hmm. even though they got abused, you heard me, mm-hmm. they still got life. Mm-hmm. And that's my community. So I choose to say, man, let's look at ourselves yeah. on a daily basis, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know, in the Ar- Armenian culture, we have the... Uh, the Turkish genocide of 1915, which we commemorate every April, and uh, Turkey still won't recognize that as, mm-hmm. a, as a genocide. So it creates a lot of tensions. And to, to the, the part where I'm from, I'm from Azerbaijan, which is the country just just uh, to the right of Armenia, and there's still tension going on right now. There's an Armenian community that's an autonomous zone in the middle of Azerbaijan, and there's all kinds of persecution against Christians to this day. And Armenians are very passionate with countries that don't recognize the Armenian genocide. So America just recognized it mm. like like two, three years ago. And the, the the tension that you're talking about is like, yeah, there's there's a real desire for people to acknowledge the, the historical atrocities that happened. The Armenian genocide went to influence Hitler to commit the, the Holocaust because mm. his, his logic was who remembers the Armenians? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's a real desire to like want Turkey to acknowledge it, to want other countries to acknowledge. I went to Israel. I found out Israel was one of the few nations that didn't acknowledge that that was a genocide. It creates all kinds of issues because once you acknowledge it, then you create tensions in there, and then Turkey could potentially be liable for uh, reparations or restitution. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I I hear that, but then I go, but but what can I do on a day to day? There you go. And what what kind of I can't control if this go. institution or this government wants to fix the issues from a hundred years ago, and which, which, by the way, is literally why I came to America as a refugee. Okay, <laughs> like, like okay. this actually impacted me mm-hmm. in a tangible way. And there's obviously policies like redlining, like Jim Crow, that 
actually impacted. That is just one generation ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my my uh, wife's family didn't own any property because mm-hmm. of bad policy. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not these these things aren't compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. But 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 it comes down to like we can talk about all of the systemic issues and all of that stuff and the structural institution, the systematic stuff. But on a practical day to day level, m- most people need more of what you're saying mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and more of, Hey, like let's get your mindset, right? Yes. Let's give your life to Jesus. Yes. Let's, let's, let's get on this financial literacy. Yeah. Let's get some hope in you. Most that like, that's going to move the needle much more than like me being concerned about if Turkey is going to ever acknowledge Correct. The Armenian genocide from 1950. Correct. You know? And I understand why that's so hard for people to to understand is yeah. that on a daily basis, I'm actually showing how much I love my people yeah. by saying that I want to prioritize our current mental state, our right. current financial right. state, right. our current spiritual state. Yeah. And, and by addressing all of the hurt that we have and yeah. that we possess yeah. and all of the stuff that we're going through, it's like, cool, well, let's fix us. Yeah. Let's fix yeah. us instead of saying... Hey, we not even worried about us. We worried about what people have done to us, mm-hmm. and we want to be fixated upon that. I, I've been an athlete my whole life, man. If we losing, if we down, mm-hmm. we not sitting there blaming the refs, man. Mm-hmm. My coach will look at me and curse me out if I'm sitting there crying mm-hmm. to the refs. Yeah. He like, what you gonna do, man? I want game changes on the court. Yeah. You hear me? That's good. Bet, put me in, coach. I'm ready. That's good. That's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. Um, so- and then, and then lastly, I'll say this: the problem is. My competition and our competition shouldn't be other races. Mm. I'm not saying as black people, our goal is to start outdoing white people. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to start, is to start <laughs> outdoing Asians. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's God and the devil. That's right. It's good versus right. evil. That's At right. the end of the day, good can come in any race, shape, and form, and yep. so can evil. Yep, 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 amen. They don't want to hear that, though. They, yeah. pe- people don't want that real. Well, they just I, I, the, the, the hard part, because it, it goes back to... What are you? What are you gonna choose? Yeah, you know. And I think people, it's easier to overcomplicate the environmental aspects and all the traumas, and 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 even getting down to the the finite of like what is will, like well, how do you choose what to say? You know what I mean? It, it, it could get it, it could get tough, man. And I think so many people are broken and can't articulate why they're broken. Mm. And then when someone says, "Well, it's it's all these other things," mm. and it's ninety five percent everything outside of you and 5% you. Mm. And I don't know what those ratios are, mm. D. I don't know if it's 50-50, 68. Mm. I don't know. I don't mm. know. But I think that's much more palatable for people to go, you know what? It is the system. We need to overthrow capitalism. We mm. need to create new forms of discrimination to, you know, the, mm. I'm talking about Kimdi, right? Mm. In order to, to fix past discrimination, we got to have current discrimination. In order to fix current discrimination, we got to have future discrimination. It's like, Wait a minute. Hmm. Wait a minute. Because what are you really saying? Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, because I was at a restaurant just not too, like two weeks ago, and I met the waiter. He comes up, super cool guy. This guy's crushing it. Loved this dude. And he goes, I, Where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Azerbaijan. He's like, We're from Turkey. And I'm like, Oh, like, and then I'm like, Bro, what happened 100 years ago has nothing to do with mine and his interactions. At all. He's not responsible for his great-great-grandparents did to my great... You know what I mean? Like, At all. And so... And we ended up having this beautiful, like, moment. And 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 and, I, and when I meet people from, like, people my age, we end up... It, it just ends up being like, yeah, like, there's some real, real foul stuff to happen. Yeah. You know? However... How can we work together now? Hmm. You know? And uh, yeah, man. And so anyway, it's it's it obviously the sentence of slaves in America is, is, is different. Um, but it's just 
it just reminds me of like the, the this tensions that people are facing, not knowing how to navigate towards progress. Yeah. You know? So that so in essence, the the interview I did where I spoke on uh I'm not more pro black than I am pro God. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot of people really felt that, but I did catch some flack, mm-hmm. you know. But flack flack doesn't have an impact on me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, flack is something that lets me know if I'm catching flack in the name of a stand that I'm taking to represent my God mm-hmm. and, and my Jesus Christ, that's 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 flack worth catching. Yeah. Amen, amen. And 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 so in the process, you say the you know uh, I'm hearing Christians say be ratchet, uh, be righteous, um, not knowing that Cray had 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 kind of I don't want to say this is like thing, but it's you know he's putting it on merch before, yeah. and it seems like he had some things in a pipeline with this merch drop. Uh, if I'm being charitable to him, it seems like that that was already in a pipeline, and so he kind of responded to it. Um, you responded to that, yeah, which which I thought was appropriate, yeah. and, and you held him to it. And fill me in. Was there another response? There was it was a conversation that happened? Yeah, it was Y'all a conversation. It. So and, we so we so he responded to my interview clip that I did that mm-hmm. that I was just speaking from the heart mm-hmm. about stuff I observed years not, ago. Not sending some not even knowing it had nothing to do with him yeah. at all, bro. Mm-hmm. If I'd have seen that that had something to do with him years ago, I'd have mm-hmm. been said something mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. But he responds publicly mm-hmm. and tags me in a video mm-hmm. uh, basically defending, you know, being righteous and ratchet mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I didn't just jump and make a video about him after that. I responded in his comments and I asked, would you like to do a phone call for further clarity, man? Because this is dangerous and problematic to have this big of a platform and you're glorifying being righteous and ratchet. Mm-hmm. And if you have a misunderstanding of what ratchet entails, mm-hmm. I would love to talk with you. If you want it to be private, mm-hmm. you got my number. If you want it to be public since you chose to make a public video addressing me, mm-hmm. then let's do an Instagram live so mm-hmm. we could at least talk more mm-hmm. long form. He didn't respond twice mm-hmm. when I asked for either a call or mm-hmm. an IG live he didn't respond to either one. That's when I chose to make a video mm-hmm. to respond so I could have a longer um, amount of time to be able to verbally express myself. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Mm-hmm. Then he took his first video down mm-hmm. after I put that video out there, mm-hmm. took his video down, right? After he took his video down, hit me up. We ended up uh, communicating behind the scenes. It's all good, mm-hmm. you know? Two, two brothers, hey, it, it's cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, he apologized. I said, all good, brother. No, no love lost. Da, 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 da. It sounded like he was foundationally just working with a different definition of ratchet. At first, it At seemed first. like that. Yeah. But after we talked, uh-huh. I was like, okay, he he gets it that yeah. that it's not it's not what he thought, and he acknowledged that yeah. to me that his definition uh, very well could be off because yeah. of him maybe being disconnected from that sure. and lifestyle sure. and and being out of touch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. With him acknowledging and understanding that and seeing my passion behind what all, man, I done seen people die, go to jail mm-hmm. in the name of ratchetness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with him having this understanding uh, and then two days later um, putting out a merch line mm-hmm. uh, that's talking about being righteous and ratchet. Mm-hmm. After this talk that we just had, and in our talk he didn't say anything about, mm. hey, in two days I'm about to drop these yeah. clothes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, just a heads up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. a heads yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So when I see that in two days, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh man, like it, it really, it really messed, it really mm-hmm. messed me up because yeah. now I'm wondering, I'm like, you monetizing this moment, bro. Mm-hmm. Even if this was something that was about to come out, mm-hmm. you know how to read the room. Mm-hmm. 
And you know when it's like, ah, maybe don't drop this right now because it's going to come across as a response sure. to the video D1 put that, out that, that close two time. days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But you choose to move forward with this. Mm. And that's when I knew that it wasn't, listen, bro, let's not give somebody credit for maybe being totally uh, out of touch with what ratchetness means and entails. Like, I just know that, no, like, you're not that disconnected mm-hmm. to where... In his video, matter of fact, bro, yeah. So rewind this clip. I don't give credit to to hey, maybe there's just two fundamentally different definitions of what ratchet is. Mm. No, you know why I don't believe that? Mm. Why is that? Because All right, we're gonna head over to the Patreon exclusive segment of this interview. Be sure to meet us over there. Peace. <laughs> 